ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here in The Truth, back with another Thursday night special here for week number five in the NFL. I'm joined once again by AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good. I mean, this may be one of the worst Thursday night matchups of the year, so I wouldn't be too excited for this game, but you know what? It's two teams that are both very early in the rebuild process and have a lot to prove, especially for how the season has started so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least. So we're going to see what happens in this one. For those that need some reference, last year the score was 12-7 to in this Thursday night matchup or this match between these two teams. So, yeah, it might not be a, a barn burner like we've seen in the Thursday night games. But who knows? Maybe it will be as well. It's going to be an interesting matchup here. But for those that don't know, what this matchup is. It is a matchup between the Bears and the Commanders. The Bears are traveling to Washington to take on the Commanders. So what we're going to do is we're going to recap last Thursday night's football game and then preview the matchup between the Bears and the Commanders. We'll go over our two keys to success for the Bears, our two keys to success for the Commanders. Then we'll go into the fantasy portion. We'll give you guys our must-starts, must-sits, sleepers, and busts. But before we can go ahead and do that, we got to go ahead and take a look at week four in the NFL and the Thursday night matchup there between the, between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. The Lions beat the Packers here on the road in this NFC North battle, 34-30. Jared Goff goes 19 for 28, 210 yards, a touchdown and interception. David Montgomery stole the show, running the football, 32 rushes, 121 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs, 8 for 40. On the receiving side, Josh Reynolds, 3 for 69. And uh, Amon Ron St. Brown, 5 for 56, a touchdown. Sam Laporta, 4 for 56. Patterson, perfect from the field. Tackle-wise, Jacobs and Branch led the way with five tackles. Jacobs also had two interceptions for the Detroit Lions. On the flip side for the Packers, Jordan Love goes 23 for 36, 246 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. The running game was non-existent. Aaron Jones had five rushes, 18 yards. Uh, A.J. Dillon had five rushes, 11 yards, so completely non-existent there. On the uh, receiving side, Romeo Dobbs, nine catches, 95 yards. Jalen Reed, three catches, 35 yards. Christian Watson, his first game back, did pick up a touchdown. Quay Walker led the team in this one with 10 tackles on the day. Ford picked up seven and an interception. The bottom line, the Lions do beat the Packers here on the road in a pretty interesting game, to say the least. Do you have any takeaways or thoughts from this matchup here? I mean, Quay Walker had a big penalty there. Uh, I believe on a field goal attempt that went, that gave the gave him an automatic first down there. But outside of that, there wasn't much to this game. Uh, it was nice seeing Watson coming back, as you mentioned. He got his first touchdown of the year. Also, you had, you mentioned the Packers defense, or not sorry, not defense. The running backs there were not good. I mean, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, basically were non-existent in this game. Yeah, this was an interesting one to say the least. Obviously, for the Detroit Lions, I mean, David Montgomery, three touchdowns, 32 rushes. I mean, they looked great. I mean, I think the Lions scored like 21 points or something like that, like really fast. It was like one of those things that was just extremely quick. They were scoring at a premium. It was just great to see for them. And that was something they obviously want to continue going into, you know, the matchup moving forward here. But especially in a divisional matchup here, it's always great to see uh, teams have success against their division rivals. And the way that the Lions were able to have success here today was something that stuck out to me. Packers had a slow start. I mean, like I said, the running game was non-existent. I feel like that's such a huge aspect for them. I feel like that's the reason, not the main reason, but one of the reasons why they're able to have success is because of having a good running game. That just was non-existent for them. So it was an interesting game here. Uh, the Lions do improve to 3-1, and one, take first place in the NFC North. The Packers are 2-2. Two and two. So 
Going into this matchup, though, we're going to stick with an NFC North team and the Bears and the Commanders. Give me your two keys to success for the Chicago Bears. So my first key to success is Phil needs to stop writing the highs and lows. Either has a really good game like how he did last week, or at least a really good first half, and then that offense kind of stalled out. But you can't have the lows that they were having uh, prior to that. I mean, Fields basically doubled his touchdowns on the season last week in one game. So you can't have those ups and downs. You need Fields to have consistent QB play. And then the defense needs to show up. I mean, this defense has not been good. At this point, they've been pretty non-existent. Uh, on the rushing side, defensively, uh, they're in the bottom third. Uh, also defensively, uh, passing-wise, they're in the bottom third. So those are both sides that need help. I mean, they haven't been good uh, at either one of those yet this year. It's going to be hard to uh, improve on that, especially with trading other guys like Roquan Smith, like how they did last year, getting rid of the guys like that. It's going to be hard for this defense, especially with the offense that is lacking behind early on. Yeah, my first key to success is Justin Fields' performance from last week. Look, he had four touchdowns, looked absolutely great for them. Um, he looks tremendous, and he's been one of the guys that's obviously struggled for the Bears this season. Going into this one matchup here, he's got to just kind of go back to where he was last week. I know he had a costly interception, but, I mean, at the end of the day, like he had a really good performance and something that the Bears desperately needed. And so going into this week, he's going to have to have that performance there. The Washington defense is a lot better. Obviously, the Broncos' defense gave up 70 points the week before. But Justin Fields just looked like the, like the dynamic quarterback that he was when he got drafted um, you know, out of Ohio State. And so going into this week, I think Justin Fields' performance as a whole is something that I wouldn't say is underrated because obviously, you know, very valued. But going into this matchup in, in particular, the running game seems to be non-existent for them. And so the Bears really need to have Justin Fields' performance. And then secondly, to stop Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson's had a good start to the season. You know, last week, Sam Howell, Brian Robinson, the offense looked way better than it did any other game. And so Brian Robinson is going to be the focal point. These Thursday night matchups here, you always want to see consistency from the running game because it seems like it's always hard to pass a difficult environment. And so if the Bears are able to stop Brian Robinson, I think they're going to be poised to have success. Last week, Javante Williams got injured, so there wasn't really much of a running game uh, from Denver, at least from him. But Brian Robinson is a very reliable back. We've seen that time in and time out how he's been able to have success for them after getting shot, as we mentioned last season, and how he really developed as that number one running back there for the Washington Commanders. So going into this matchup here, they obviously got to find a way to get through that and um, continue to uh, stop him at that point, because if they are able to, it sets up their offense, and they're just poised for more success down the line. So those are my two takeaways or keys to success for the Bears here. Kind of simple keys to success, but we obviously know what happened last season between these two teams. So being able to have a good offense and a really good defense, which is something I feel like Chicago has been lacking, uh, is going to be huge for them. What about for the Commanders? So for the Commanders, first one is Brian Robinson. Uh, he's been a problem when he's on the field, not in a, but like in a good way. He's been a problem for other teams. Uh, he's showing off what he did last year uh, once he come, came back from getting shot. I know I have to keep on bringing it up every time because <laughs> you always make fun of me because of that. But, you know, he's been looking good this year. I'm – He's being pretty dominant, uh, kind of what I expected him to do this year. 61 rushes, 261 yards, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, on the receiving side, he does have seven or five, sorry, five catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown there. So four combined touchdowns, just over 300 yards. I mean, getting a good amount of snaps there. He's been a problem for a lot of teams so far, and now he's going up against, going up against the Bears defense, who I believe is like bottom five or something like that. Uh, 
and and rush defense uh, or bottom third at least of the league. They haven't been good. And the last one, Sam Howell is, is the same as Bills. The consistent QB play, you don't need him to be the starter uh, there. You have Jahan Dodson, you have McLaurin, obviously. Uh, you have Brian Robinson. You need him just not to turn, over, turn the ball over like how he w- did against the Bills. That was the big thing in that game, uh, in that loss. I mean, the Bills just outplayed him completely. But if Sam Howell doesn't turn the ball over and is able to be more of a game manager, uh, this team's going to be pretty successful. Outside of that game uh, against Buffalo where he had the four interceptions, uh, if you took that game away, he has four touchdowns to one interception. It's just a, under 1,000 yards so far this season. Uh, Rushing-wise, he doesn't really rush a whole lot for himself, but he's able to escape pocket and scroll. But he needs to be more of just that game manager. He doesn't really need to go out and win games per se, but he still has to He has to not lose games. He can't be turning the ball over, putting the ball in harm's way. Yeah, so my first key to success is definitely going to be the offensive success from last week. I think that's important in this one. They went against a pretty good Philly team. They took them to overtime, obviously lost the game. And going into that matchup, really, I was curious to see how the Eagles or the Commanders offense was going to play, excuse me, because Commanders offense has been very intriguing, really, throughout the season, in my opinion. I mean, it's an offense that isn't typically known for having success, but last week they went against a good Philadelphia defense on the road. Looks very successful. Sam Howell looked good. Obviously, Brian Robinson looked good. He's looked good all season, though. Scary Terry looked good as well. Their offense just was overall great, and that's something that I think has kind of been holding them back. I mean, they have a good young defense. Obviously, you talk a lot about Chase Young and guys on that defensive side, but I think we tend to forget about the offensive side as well. This is kind of a proving year for the Washington Commanders. They're kind of in a precarious position because, yeah, they have Sam Howell as their quarterback. They want to obviously give him a shot, but I feel like in today's day and age, like quarterbacks just kind of have like a short string when it comes to opportunity i mentioned this in one of my shows i think this was a actually waking up i'm not waking up with the truth it was a segment we did on instagram uh instagram live this week but we talked or i talked about the fact that peyton manning went like three for ten or three three touchdowns three interceptions to start his career and if he never really was given that shot to i guess go again and, and have you know success he would never have been able like basically if he played today's day and age and the way that it's been played and how football has been played now, he would never have had a chance and he may have never been you know, the greatest quarterback or one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So it just kind of goes to show the dynamic there and where I guess people value quarterbacks in the past and where they value them now. Kind of ties into my second key to success, but it's Sam Howell's continued emergence. I mean, he obviously showed in week one, or not week one, last week that he's a guy that can compete. And I think the Washington Commanders going into this season or this draft class really got to determine if Sam Howell is going to be their future guy because if they lose a lot of games they could be in a position where they decide that hey you know what we're going to go a different route we're going to go with somebody else there maybe we'll go ahead and get a guy like Caleb Williams or something and so Sam Howell is a very dynamic quarterback he was a tremendous quarterback there in North Carolina he can improve his passing a little bit obviously a great runner but He's got to continue to be an emergence. It's kind of like a J- Justin Fields in this week. Like Justin Fields is still on his proving ground, even though he's been in the league for a little bit of time now compared to Sam Howell. It's still important for Sam Howell to have success, especially this week and really for the rest of the season. But it doesn't get much bigger than prime time here, as uh, Kirk Cousins fans would know. All right, let's go ahead and go to the fantasy portion here. Let's go ahead and give me your must-start or must-starts. So my must-start, uh, I have three of them. Uh, one of them is going to be Brian Robinson Jr. As I mentioned, he's scored a good amount so far this year. He's getting a good amount of uh, catches and rush attempts there. So he's doing a little bit of it all. My next one is going to be uh, Terry McLaurin. I think this is a little bit more of an obvious one. Uh, he hasn't 
he's having a better season than he has last year. Luis is on pace to have a better season. Uh, it seems like Sam Howe is relying on him more. And also just having one quarterback uh, really helps out instead of just kind of a revolving door of quarterbacks and being able to trust him. So for my last one, I'm going to go Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields was coming off the high last week uh, of his performance to four touchdowns, uh, played very well. Uh, the offense kind of started dying off towards the second half of the game there, but I don't think that's going to happen this week. I think he's going to have a very steady game throughout. Uh, and also with that, I believe the commanders so far this year are, again, bottom third in the league towards rushing yards. And you know how much uh, – Fields likes to rush for himself. He didn't do it as much last week, which may have helped out. Uh, his which definitely helped out his passing stats there. But his his rushing upside is big. I mean, he's going to give you a lot of fancy points because of that. And just as a whole, I mean, this Commanders defense was supposed to be one of the strong suits of this team coming into this year, and so far it hasn't. I think that uh, Fields is able to expose that. Yes, yeah, so my first one's going to be scary, Terry. I think it's safe to say, at least to some fantasy owners, that he's been a bit of a disappointment. He was obviously able to have success um, in his last week there against Philadelphia. Eight receptions, 86 yards to go ahead and go with the 40 or 22.6 fantasy points, excuse me. Week one, 5.1 fantasy points. Some people are like, ah, oh, crap, you know, scary Terry's done, you know. Especially with me saying that Scary Terry is going to have a really great season for him to kind of have a disappointing start was obviously frustrating. But uh, going into this next matchup here against the Bears, I think it's a better matchup for him. And like I said, it's just kind of like continued momentum, especially from last week. Sam Howell is still trying to develop a connection with Terry McLaurin. We obviously saw how Terry McLaurin has been able to have success in the earlier stages of his career, but he's had different quarterbacks, right? It's hard for guys to adjust to that. And Terry McLaurin is one of those guys I think it's a little bit harder to adjust to. But once he kind of gets familiarated with them or both guys start working together better, um, it's just a much better situation for them. And that's something that going into this matchup here for the commanders, I think it's going to be a better situation for him. And obviously we know how good Terry McLaurin is. I actually did sit him in the league that I had him last week just because uh, I thought Jordan Addison would be a better matchup. And I clearly was wrong. Jordan Addison at zero points. Scary Terry 22.6. Next, I'm going to go with Khalil Herbert. And I usually don't like going with running backs on Thursday night football games. I feel like they get stalemate a lot, especially on the road. But Khalil Herbert last week, 18 carries, 103 yards, four receptions, 19 yards, to equate to 22.2 fantasy points. So had a good amount of success. I feel like he stayed relatively quiet throughout the season, had a good week one against Green Bay. But other than that, he's kind of been quiet. And I don't know why he's been so quiet, just because I feel like that's one of the reasons why the Bears were able to have success in the past was just because they were able to incorporate Khalil Herbert and other guys like Roshan Johnson, even though they haven't really done that last season, obviously, because it wasn't on the team, but just in general into the offense. And I think going into this matchup here, they're going to have to do a heavy more focus on the running side. I feel like they try to throw too much with Justin Fields, and obviously you want to throw Justin Fields, but we obviously have seen that he hasn't been that great of a thrower. And he's better just with short yardage situations. You went out and re-signed uh, Cole Commander not necessarily resigned him, but um, you know, obviously added him to an extension. And so you obviously want, you know, those short level passes. And Justin Fields is able to thrive when he has those short level passes. So that's one of the reasons why I do like Khalil Herbert this week, especially this matchup here against the commanders. Is he one of those guys that's gonna blow away the stat sheet? Probably not. I mean, he's a guy that will be solid, but maybe not a guy that's gonna go out for 45 points. But I think he's going to be solid. I, I do expect him to you know, get in the end zone. I think it's going to be more of like a receiving touchdown. I feel like that's where I see a lot of more success with Khalil Herbert, especially in the PPR side of things. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think he's going to be a must-start. And finally, my other must-start is going to be Brian Robinson. I mean, Brian Robinson is one of those guys that 
we've kind of talked base about. He's been really successful for them this season. And going to this matchup here, I think it's another big matchup for Brian Robinson. Again, I am expecting this one to be a low-scoring affair, but I do believe that Brian Robinson is going to be able to have success for the Commanders because he almost needs to have success if they want to have success in this matchup here. But Brian Robinson this season, 13.6, 28.97, then 13.1 last week. He's been consistent. He ranks as the number eight running back right now. And if you're in a tight situation and don't know what to do, I'm going to go ahead and start him uh, no matter what this week just because I think he's going to be valuable to Sam Howell and then getting that running game and really that offense going. So I think he's a guy that you can definitely filter in there. Um, you know, maybe may a little bit risky, but I'm still liking it at least this week. Okay, what about some must-sits? So for us, it, I only have one this week, and it's going to be Chase Claypool. I think that Chase Claypool is a must-sit no matter what. If you draft him later in your draft, you're kind of hoping that uh, there could be some upside there. At this point, I would just drop him. Uh, I don't think he's going to really do a whole lot. So far in three games, he has four catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. That's, the, that's all the production he's had all year. His catch percentage is at 286 that means he has four catches and 14 pass attempts there. So some of that on Justin Fields, yeah, there's probably a good chance of that. But also on the other hand, like 28.6 catch percentage, like that's really bad, especially when his career is at 55.7, which overall is pretty low for a wide receiver. You usually want it to be at least 60% there. So at this point, I'm just going to move on from Chase Claypool if you have him in your league. Uh, I would just drop him, just try to go so- for someone with the upside every week as soon as someone breaks out. Uh, he's someone who I'd be willing to drop in any league. So I got three must sits. I, again, I don't like Thursday night matchups. I really don't like Monday night matchups either. I try to avoid those as much as possible. And I've started doing that more and more just because, I mean, there's always that boomer bust. It feels like no matter what, whatever day of the week it is, especially in these primetime games there. But for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with Justin Fields. Okay. I'm a Justin Fields fantasy owner. Unfortunately, I'm going to go ahead and put Daniel Jones in there. I'm going to take a risk, but Justin Fields hasn't looked solid at all this season. We know that. 14 points, 14, 10, and then 27.9. Very efficient. I feel like more than anything, especially this week, just the fact that, you know, they ended up losing that game and, you know, devastating inter- interception, I feel like the momentum's going to be lost. I'm not saying he's going to have tons of turnovers, but I don't know how this passing game's really going to be. If, the, if he is going to have fantasy production, in my opinion, it's going to come from his running value and the, the way that he's able to run as a quarterback in fantasy football. But it is a risk that you are, you know, can be taking I mean a lot of people were high on Justin Fields including myself this season and you can start him I just don't think the production is really going to be there really from both quarterbacks which kind of leads into my next must sit it's going to be Sam Howell Sam Howell currently the 19th position ranked quarterback 15 points 21 points a 0.6 fantasy points in week three hopefully he didn't start him there and then Philadelphia last week, 19.6. He's consistent. Um, last week, he was finally able to showcase his running a little bit. Six rushes, 40 yards. You know, threw for 290, a touchdown, no interceptions. Obviously, the week before that, no touchdowns, four interceptions. Wasn't very good for Sam Howell fantasy owners. I know I own him in my dynasty league. But this week, again, it's not a favorable matchup for him. I'm not really liking it against the Bears defense. Even though the Bears defense isn't great, I don't know. Something about this matchup doesn't really jump off the page for me. And I'm really waiting for him to kind of have that breakout game that Justin Fields had last week. And really that breakout game in his fantasy career to really kind of put him at my starting position at times in, in certain situations. But for me, again, I'm avoiding him this week. I think this is one of those guys that if, if you had to pick a quarterback between the two, I'd probably go with Sam Howell over Justin Fields just because commander's defense, in my opinion, is better than the Bears. But I don't know, Sam Howell does concern me, especially coming off a hot week last week. And then finally, I'm going to go ahead and go with Darnell Mooney. I think people were obviously thinking of him as a bust. 
when he didn't have a reception in games two and game three. Last week had four receptions, 51 yards with 9.1 fantasy points. I think some people got a little bit excited there, but I'm still going to sit him. Look, there was a little bit more shared wealth. Both the first game and the last game, the Bears' offense was actually somewhat decent, and that's kind of why he had success. And for me, just continuing on the point, I don't think the Bears' uh, offense is going to have much success this game. I think it's one of those things that, you know, since I don't think they're going to have much success, um, it's one of those things that he's not going to be able to have success as well. I think a lot of people maybe have dropped Darnell Mooney. I would still keep him for safekeeping. I mean, he's kind of established himself in Chicago, even though he's had a couple rough weeks. You can't really judge, um, you know, one or two weeks, in my opinion, fantasy, because it's just so many things that go on. But for me, I am going to sit him this week, and I, I don't know. Maybe I need to see, like, a big game from him to really kind of get back in the consideration for putting him as far as, you know, a start or anything like that. All right, go ahead and give me your sleepers. So for my sleepers, my first one, I'm going to go with Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel does a little bit of everything. He rushes, he receives, and he's been solid this year. Uh, they go back and forth with him between those two a good amount. So far this year, he has 17 catches on 20 targets, so very good there, 85% catch uh, catch percentage there for 178 yards. Uh, on the rushing side, he has three rushes, 20 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so, like I said, he does a little bit of both, but right now he's being targeted a lot. And he's catching a lot of those. I mean, 17 receptions in four games so far, a little bit over four per game, uh, just just around 40 yards there. Uh, the rushing side also get touched on there. I think that there's a good chance, especially against this Bears defense, uh, he can score. Next one's going to be Sam Howell. Sam Howell's only had one bad game, uh, but this – or this defense for the Bears is horrible. I believe they're number like they're like the fifth worst, fourth worst uh, pass defense there. So at this point, I think Sam Howe, these wide receivers in McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson with the big play capability, uh, are going to be really reliable in this game. I think Sam Howe is going to wheel them to this game. I know it kind of contradicts what I said earlier about how Sam Howe has to be more of a game manager. Uh, and not put the ball in harm's way, but I think against the Bears, uh, he'll have one of his better games so far in his early career. And then for my last one, I'm going to go with uh, Roshan Johnson. I like him over Khalil Herbert. Uh, they've been going to him on more than just third down plays, like how they were earlier on the season. I think Roshan and Khalil have had very similar uh, stats up to this point. Uh, Roshan... Uh, has a good has a, a decent amount of uh, receiving ability. It's not the best, but he's still able to go out and give you a few catches. Uh, and like I said, they've had very similar uh, rushing numbers. Uh, Roshan in less attempts uh, as a whole. He has, still has put up the same amount of yards or averages about the same yards per carry there. On the receiving side, uh, he has 11 catches. He's 11 for 12 there. So even just he's more of you argue argue for more PPR leagues probably at your flex position, uh, but fifty eight yards there rushing side he only has one touchdown but twenty two rushes uh, for one hundred three yards. If you're in a deeper league, I like Roshan for this week. I think it's going to be more of a sleeper if you have him uh, um, towards the back of your bench and you're kind of unsure who you want to go with, or if you have someone on by this week, I wouldn't mind starting him. So first, I'm gonna go with Jahan Dotson. I do have two sleepers. Jahan Dotson's had an up-and-down season, I guess. I think he was uh, poised to be better than he was at, especially where he was drafted in fantasy. But 
Jahan Dawson currently ranks as a 60, 60th position ranked wide receiver, had nine points in week one, 5.2 in week two, 4.1, and then a uh, season best 12.7 last week against Philadelphia, and uh, including that touchdown that he had there to end the game, or the regular season, I should say. You know, I like Jahan Dawson this week. I do, uh, even though I'm not a big fan of Sam Howell. There's obviously going to be some passing yards there. I think he's going to get six, seven targets this week, which can obviously, you know, lead to some points and maybe score a touchdown or, uh, you know, get some points in that way too. And that's just one of the reasons why I'm going to go ahead and, and ride that bus there with him. I think, you know, this week is a good week for him. Uh, you know, again, usually number ones are all right, but you also see some production from number twos and even number threes. And I think that Jahan Dotson is one of those guys, especially this week here. And so he's a guy that's obviously slept upon. If you were to play him, I'd probably play him at your flex position. If you want to take a little bit of a risk this week at the flex position, I think Jahan Dotson is your guy, regardless of it being a Thursday night matchup or a Sunday night matchup, because he is able to give you some production, even though he hasn't really shown it so far this season. I think he's, you know, kind of had momentum a little bit, especially after last week and, you know, was able to at least, you know, ride the right direction there. So that does excite me about him. And then my other guy is going to be Cole Komet. I don't think as much of a sleeper because especially last week, that seven catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns. But he's been a quiet guy, especially this season, especially signing that extension. Cole Komet's one of those guys that you can keep on your team and feel somewhat comfortable with. I think more than anything, especially this week, you can feel a lot more comfortable with him and uh, the areas that he's able to thrive in and, and be, you know, a safety blanket for Justin Fields. That's one of the reasons why his, his value did go up, especially last week, and why he was targeted more, just because he is that safety blanket for Justin Fields. Look, we think of the tight end as this big, beefy guy that's able to block and pass catch, but more than anything, it's also just a nice safety blanket, like a reliable option, you know, is going to catch the ball game in and game out, and that's one of the things that Justin Fields needs, and he found that there in Cole Komet, and he's had him, he just hasn't really utilized him well, and so I'm liking Cole Komet this week, especially if you're weak at your tight end position. I think he's a guy that's completely overlooked, even though he did, you know, have a great week last week. He was actually rostered in minus two and a half leagues after last week. So he's a guy you can probably pick up. If you really are into position rankings, he's actually the third ranked tight end just because of the big week he had last week. But I'm liking Cole Komet. I think he's going to be a good fit for your fantasy team, especially the tight end position if you're a little bit lacking in that. Okay, what about any busts? So for my bus, I have two. One is kind of a combined one. It's both defenses. Uh, don't start any of these defenses. It's not going to be good for either one. They're both, again, bomb third, both passing and rushing. I know both offenses aren't the best either, but Justin Herbert – or not Justin Herbert, Justin Fields has shown off his capabilities to be able to do both, be able to put up a good amount of points here and there. But also this commander's offense isn't that. I mean – as I mentioned, as we mentioned before, Brian Robinson, he's been good. Same with Terry McLaurin. They're both part of our must-starts there. Uh, I wouldn't start any of these defenses. Even if your defense is on the bye, I, this would be the worst team, worst two teams to go pick up. And then I don't, I'm not a big fan of Khalil Herbert. I never have been. I think Roshan, as I said before, he's my sleeper. And they put up very similar numbers for the amount of stats. Uh, Khalil Herbert basically has double the amount of carries up to this point and has 196 yards on 41 carries, no touchdowns there. Receiving side 10 receptions and 15 targets for 83 yards and a touchdown there. They both have very similar numbers uh, between the two of them uh, in the in the sense of uh, yard, rushes or yards per attempt. Uh, but the only thing is Khalil Herbert has more rush attempts as a full, but I don't, I'm a big fan of Khalil Herbert. I just haven't been. Uh, he hasn't uh, changed any of my thoughts since he's been drafted. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's a true number one running back at this point. And a lot more of his snaps, especially in the receiving game, 
have been going over to Roshan, who isn't much of a receiving back in comparison to Herbert here. Uh, so I just I'd back away from Herbert here. If you had Herbert or Roshan, you're saying between the two. I guess it, you I would say go with Herbert just because he has more of the upside there. But I'd rather have Roshan in my league uh, than Cleo. So for my bus, it's going to be Equinemia St. Brown. Last week was actually the first week that he played in the season. He suited up. He had three targets, I believe, but just one reception for 21 yards. I think he's a guy down the line that you could utilize in your flex position in maybe weeks 14 or 15, but he's got to get back familiarated playing in the NFL and reestablish that connection with Justin Fields. With the slow play on the offensive side, in my opinion, I think he's a guy that you can just completely avoid. He's not rostered in really any leagues, just .1 leagues, but he is a guy you can maybe pick up and just hold on to, especially if you have that capabilities in the bench position. I don't think he'll be bad down the line. I just think this week's a tough matchup for him, and if there's going to be any success, look at guys um, you know, that have been on the team now for a while, guys like Cole Komet, and maybe even a running back or two out of the backfield, but I think especially with the offense struggling a little bit, you're going to see more of the mobile quarterback there in Justin Fields and, and the running game as a whole. So I would probably avoid St. Brown as much as possible. It's the, it's the worst of two St. Browns, if you have been able to tell. All right, and then your game prediction for this one. So for my game prediction, I have the Bears winning. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I don't think it's going to be low scoring like it was last year. I think it's going to be 28-24 Browns. Uh, I think that the Bears are going to have a slow start and then turn it turn it on towards the end of the second quarter and going into uh, the second half. I think that it's going to be kind of the opposite of the Bears that we saw last week. And I think that the Commanders, they're going to start off pretty hot. They're going to take the lead. Uh, but I don't think this defense is good enough. I like the Bears' offense just a little bit more, even though I'm not a big fan of either one. I do have the Bears winning here. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one here between the two teams. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Commanders winning this one at home, 14-13. to 13. I think the Bears, the Bears, excuse me, are still going to be looking for their first win after this week. It could really go any way. And if you guys listen to the Instagram live that we, me and Ben did, I talked about the fact that I think the winning team in this one isn't going to score more than uh, 14 points. And it's kind of a weird hot take or weird prediction. But in all honesty, I just don't really see it happening. I mean, these are both teams that – aren't necessarily prolific on the offensive side and you're going against a tough environment there in, in Washington and, and all that stuff. It's just not necessarily a cookie-cutter performance week, potentially. And that's one of the things that does concern me with both these teams. But I think something's gonna, somebody's going to obviously give. Somebody's going to be able to you know win this game here, in my opinion. I just think it's going to be the commanders just because they're at home. They you know, are able to play in front of their home crowd and just have more success there. But it can really go either way, and I'm really curious to see how this one's going to pan out and who's going to be able to come out on top. But I'm going to go with the Commanders winning this one 14-13 to in a, definitely a, a low-contested game. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. Hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at the Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Make sure, as mentioned, you do follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok as well at the.tt.truth. A lot of fun, exciting stuff on there coming up, so make sure you guys do check that out down the line. But as always, I'm your host, the one, to love, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen. Joined once again by AJ Ponciano. We do appreciate you guys listening to this and good night.